0: From BYU Broadcasting's Performance Studio, this is Highway Eighty Nine. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Happy today to bring you a Highway 89 Extra. Our guests are members of the Inside Piano Quartet, a group with roots right here at Brigham Young University. The quartet performed recently at the beautiful Assembly Hall, Temple Square in Salt Lake City. And the music you'll hear on today's episode of Highway 89 was recorded live at that concert by Concerts at Temple Square. We're very happy to bring it to you along with the conversation we're about to have live here in the studio. Today we welcome C.J. Madsen, Caden Larson, Hiram Arneson, and Zach Adamson. They like to introduce their concerts as featuring, quote, two pianos, four pianists, eight hands, 40 fingers, millions of molecules, and an infinite amount of joy. Well, we'll not be infinite, but we'll have at least an hour of that today. Let's get to some conversation with the members of the quartet after we hear this first piece by Manuel Chabrier, España, here on Highway 89. We've just heard Espana by Emmanuel Chabrier, performed by the Ensign Piano Quartet, CJ Madsen. Thank you for coming in and being part of this. You are a returning alumni from Highway 89 you've been on before. Yes, I have. You were accompanying before, though, and now you're one of the four soloists, so to speak.
1: You you wear a lot of hats when you were a music major at BYU, and yes.
0: (laughs) So tell us about Espana, the piece that we just heard.
1: Well, Espana is a Spanish name for Spain. Of course, when you hear the opening notes, you automatically think dusty roads, uh, bullfights, wonderful food. That's what I think of, at least. I served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, speaking Spanish in North Carolina. And listening to this piece and playing it just brought back all these memories of a culture that is just full of life and vigor and vim. Lots of hard rhythms. We had a bit of difficulty getting all the rhythms together
0: when we started, but it all worked out in the end. <laughs> well, that's one of the key things is those rhythms, those Spanish rhythms. I think maybe that's what, when this first premiered kind of took the world by storm, kind of started a, this craze of Spanish music.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting piece. It was written at a time when there was a big focus on music reflecting the cultures and the times of the people and the lands where the composers were from. Also exotic places, and so you get a lot of pieces in the late 1800s that were dances from Hungary or Polish dances or folk songs from the Slavic countries, and so this is a perfect example of music that depicts this country and this people.
0: Before we hear more music, just quickly introduce us to the members of the quartet.
1: Well, I'm CJ Madsen, and Zach Adamson is another member of the quartet, and Hiram Arneson and Caden Larson. We are all music majors, all piano majors at BYU. We're all the same age. We actually all graduated from high school the same year and all auditioned at BYU the same year, and all of our professors have commented it was a very strong incoming class that came in. Two years ago we had the privilege to go on a study abroad to Vienna, Austria from studying music for six weeks, and we got to room together and we really got well acquainted. Is that when the idea for the quartet started? No, it was right after, I think. Whose idea was it? Was it yours, Caden? I think I, I brought it up a little bit. I thought
2: we could do something like this. I mean, we had been friends for a while, That trip really helped us to meld together a lot, and I don't know, we just talked about it more and more, and it felt like a good idea.
0: To me, it's interesting that usually pianists are working so much on developing an individual style and a career that to pull back and say, hey, let's be an ensemble. I don't know. It seems unusual to me for a pianist. Maybe I'm not understanding that correct.
1: Yeah, pianists are often greedy. They just want the spotlight (laughs) all to themselves. I was not going to use that word.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tell us what we're going to hear next. This this next piece is one of the biggest orchestral moments in the whole repertoire. And so it's actually kind of cheeky to say, we can do this with two pianos.
1: It's true. Maybe that's part of the greed coming out with pianists. We just (laughs) want to take this awesome, huge piece and... Make it all piano. But this is a piece written for organ and symphony, and it was by French composer Camille Sasson, and it's called appropriately it's Organ Symphony. But with this piece, as well as the previous piece, which was an orchestral piece, there's been an arrangement done, I think, around the same time that this piece was composed, late 1800s, where the arrangers condensed it down for two pianos and four players.
0: Let's hear that now. This is the finale from that Symphony number no. 3, the Organ Symphony by Saint-Saëns, recorded live at the Assembly Hall on Temple Square in Salt Lake City. The recording brought to you here through the generous cooperation of the concerts at Temple Square. Happy to bring it to you here now on Highway 89. We've just heard the finale from Symphony No. 3 by Camille Saint-Saëns, known as the Organ Symphony. You can hear that grandeur interpreted by two pianos and four different players from the Ensign Piano Quartet. Caden Larson, one thing that you incorporate is, I guess I'd have to call it clowning around. Sometimes you, you do not hesitate to have fun on stage. Absolutely. That's
2: one of the reasons that we wanted to form this group is because we feel like a lot of classical music is taken so seriously and it's so hard for modern audiences many times to relate to the music. And so we figure that the more human we can be, the more Mm. approachable that we can be on stage, the more that we can help our audience members to appreciate not only this fantastic, glorious classical music, but, you know, whatever else we decide to play, all and the hoopla. In, in, including
0: rags from yes. ragtime music that you played. <laughs> yeah, a lot of classical music today, The audiences sometimes are just getting introduced, but they live in fear of, do I clap between moments? Will I be mm-hmm. dragged out by an usher if I do the wrong thing? And so I like that humanity. Uh, there was one point on this concert where I know that you said, let's take a minute to tune. Which was pretty hilarious with two pianos. And it sounds like the orchestra tuning up. Is that an original thing with you guys? That was pretty funny. Honestly,
1: in every rehearsal, we have so much fun. We get a lot of work done, but we often clown around and say, oh, well, what if we did this and this? And probably 90% of the time we're saying pretty ridiculous things that we want to do. We're like, oh, that's funny. Well, let's get back to work. we have a lot well, of fun. Well, it has
0: <laughs> to be fun, or you wouldn't enjoy it you did. Caden, I want to ask you about this next piece. It's the Fugue in G minor by Bach. So to me, part of the magic of this piece, when I see an organist play something like this, is the two hands and the two feet all working independently. So mm-hmm. how does this work? Do you say, uh, I'll be the right hand, I'll be the left, I'll be the right foot? Or how does this arrangement, how does it divide up? Well, it's always a balancing act because with four of us and with
2: each of us having our own musical ideas, we have to be very, very attentive in our rehearsals. We have to listen to each other. We have to talk through things. As you know, a fugue, a piece of music like this, has a lot of intricate parts. Yeah, It could be played by a string quartet, for example, or an organist, as you mentioned, with both feet and both hands because all the parts are weaving around each other and Sometimes you want some parts to come out and others to not. You want it to just blend together very well. And so it's really a lot of fun to be able to play something like this with four people because I feel like we can hear different colors out of it. That would be hard to do as an individual.
0: Keep in mind now we're hearing two pianos with four pianists and listen to the different lines as they come in and out. This is the Fugue in G minor by Bach. Music by J.S. Bach. The Fugue in G minor, performed on two pianos by four pianists, eight hands. We're listening today to a live performance performed by the Ensign, Piano Quartet Hiram Arneson, also a returning alum. You've been on Highway 89 before, accompanying. That's right, as well. Glad to have you here. Thank you. We heard a little bit from Caden about how you have to talk through a piece. So I'm picturing all of you at two pianos, and mm-hmm. does someone just have to just raise their hand and say, "Wait, wait, 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 wait"? And is that that? Yeah, how it that's works? kind of
3: how it happens. It's usually someone stops playing, and sometimes has to yell. Sometimes everyone else just <laughs> stops playing on their own as well, and. I feel like someone usually has a kind of puzzled expression on their face and says, you know, I just don't like how we're doing this. Or, Zach, will you play this differently? Or, I think I need to do this a little bit differently. I feel like this is where it should go, different things like that. And sometimes we play along, we play the whole thing, and then we stop. And then we go through each little section and and talk about all the different things we want to do with it. Well,
0: I was wondering, when you've got two pianos facing each other, sometimes the lid's up. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I don't know if you can all four see each other the whole time if you— try and have that happen. Do you have try. to have an outside ear ever? Like if you're if you're there as one of the players, can you actually hear the, the balance the audience is hearing?
3: You know, that was actually a big concern with this concert because the assembly hall has really wet acoustics, meaning that the sound just goes everywhere. In rehearsal, we actually have two pianos side by side, and we can often see each other's hands uh. and coordinate that way. But we know that when we go into any performance, we're going to be looking across stage from each other. And in this particular concert, we had to really trust each other that the other side, the other piano, was playing the same tempo and the same dynamics as us because there's sometimes you can't hear. But listening is always very important. You have to listen to so it. So you
0: are listening, but you also just have to trust listening what you trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Here's a, a bit of a more gentle piece than what we've heard before, this barcarol. Tell me about this by Rachmaninoff.
3: Well, this was originally arranged or written for Duo Piano. This arrangement is for four pianists, two pianos as, as you'll hear. And it starts out very soft and it's a more mellow piece, but it's very beautiful. It has very beautiful colors and large crescendos and very soft spots and it's very expressive. For me, it's one of my favorite pieces on this program because it's so expressive and so musical. It's Rachmaninoff, so that's what we should expect as well. So
0: <laughs> He wrote a few good melodies in his he time. He wrote many
3: great melodies. <laughs> My teacher says that in heaven... We will all be surrounded by Rachmaninoff melodies floating <laughs>
4: through the air. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, let's hear the barcarolle, a boat song. This is composed by Rachmaninoff, recorded live in the Assembly Hall on Temple Square in Salt Lake City. This recording brought to you here through the generous cooperation of concerts at Temple Square, bringing it to you now on Highway 89. We just heard the Barcarolle by Rachmaninoff in a live performance by the Ensign Piano Quartet. Zach Adamson, the fourth, I can't say, you know, soprano, alto, tenor, bass. How do you even decide who <laughs> plays? Do you ever switch for someone's at the top end, someone is the bottom end? Does it just it depend on the piece? That's a, that's a great question.
5: And we, throughout our rehearsals, we have to decide before we start rehearsing who is going to play which part on which arrangement. All of these arrangements that we played together, written for four pianists and two pianos, there's always a piano number one, piano number two, and for each piano there's a primo and a secondo part. And we switch it up, so we often will be on stage, and then for the next piece we have to switch spots Mm. or walk to the other side of the stage. That in itself was something to practice while we were in the assembly hall because we... uh, at first, our rehearsal, we were running into each other and uh, didn't know where to go after our pieces, switching from piece to piece. So.
0: Plus, it seems like if you have a consistent bench partner, you sort of work out who leans where, who has to stick their elbow out in front where. Right. And then this way, you have three other people to have to work out traffic patterns.
2: Right. With. I think we enjoy switching around, though. It's fun to get to play with each other at, in different styles. Of music.
4: Well, yeah,
0: if you were always just sitting there playing bass octaves for the entire concert. <laughs> You might want the melody now and then. What happens to a quartet like this? Two of you off to grad school, two of you have one more extra year before grad school. uh, Will you still be a quartet, or do you even have a way to know what the future is?
5: We don't know exactly what the future will be, but we hope that we can get together again at some point. I think it's such a great opportunity that we all came and intersected. All of our paths intersected here at BYU, happened to be the same graduating class from high school and we all auditioned to be at BYU and I think that is just a a great opportunity in itself that our paths cross and we hope to get back together it may be a little bit more difficult with Caden is flying to Indiana for his graduate program the rest of us have different paths so we'll see we don't quite know if that will be an opportunity but we would love for the chance to do another concert like
0: this at some point. I'm wondering how hard it was to find time to practice as a quartet when you already have sort of, don't you have a required amount of practice as a soloist already? That's why we did a summer concert so that (laughs) we actually had the time. Okay,
1: so, but, you know, we we make it work and it was a lot of putting together things the last few weeks. You know, we mentioned before how piano is often just seen as this kind of solo instrument and I think... Having a chance to take a break from that and be able to work with other pianists and work together in a group setting is a breath of fresh air
0: a lot of times. So how do you choose the repertoire? Is there a lot of music written for piano eight hands? There's quite
2: a lot. A lot of that was actually pioneered by Paul Poli Mm -hmm. with the American Piano Quartet years ago. And so they have a huge library. And so a lot of our selection of music has actually come from browsing that. But just looking out there for all the options. And.
0: This next one, uh, it was fun to hear on the concert. As you describe, this next piece was actually uh, Mac Wilberg's best known for his choral arrangements, sung worldwide. He's the conductor of the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. But he was once sitting in the same seat or on the same bench where you guys are. Exactly. He, he was, a if I understand, a piano performance major. He was. He
5: was studying at BYU. And he uh, experienced a lot of the similar things that I imagine that we experience as being music majors. But he couldn't
0: resist Carmen.
4: <laughs> no. <laughs> Too
0: many great rhythms, great melodies. This particular arrangement, to me, this, this starts like you just shot a cannon at the audience. It's just sort of <laughs> everyone really has to have the rhythm in mind before anyone yes. hits the keys because it is like shotgun. And then it kind of goes into this tour of the most famous melodies in the world. Let's hear this fantasy on themes from Carmen, arranged by Mac Wilberg, recorded live at the Assembly Hall on Temple Square in Salt Lake City. Again, these recordings brought to you through the generous cooperation of concerts at Temple Square. we just heard the fantasy on themes from Carmen, a performance live in the Assembly Hall on Temple Square in Salt Lake City by our guests today. Together, they are the Ensign Piano Quartet students here at Brigham Young University, who decided that being soloists did not take up enough of their time and they needed to fill every crack with rehearsals. So, formed a piano quartet. We've heard from C.J. Madsen, Caden Larson, Hiram Arneson, Zach Adamson. Gentlemen, very fun to hear your performance. Well-earned applause we hear there in the Assembly Hall. And good luck as you move forward to graduate school. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Again, the music brought to you by the generous cooperation of concerts at Temple Square, organized by Stephen Breinholt. Conversation with the Ensign Piano Quartet recorded live here in studio at Highway 89. Find the quartet on social media, including videos of their playing on YouTube. If you just caught part of the show, you'd like to hear the beginning, listen again, or share it with a friend, it's easy to do. All of our shows are archived online for free on-demand listening at byuradio.org slash highway89. Follow us on Twitter at BYUH89 for live show updates and special behind-the-scenes photos and video clips. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. Our recording engineer is Mark Waite. Our student assistants are Victoria Khalil and Naomi Campbell. Our producer is Sam Payne. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thanks for listening.